Standing on the promises of Christ my King Through eternal ages let His praises ring Glory in the highest I will shout and sing Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God my Savior Standing on the promises of God Standing on the promises that cannot fail When the howling storms of doubt and fears assail By the living word of God I shall prevail Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God my Savior Standing, standing I'm standing on the promises of God Standing on the promises I now can see Perfect present cleansing in the blood for me Standing in the liberty where Christ makes free Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God my Savior Standing, standing I'm standing on the promises of God Standing on the promises of Christ the Lord Bound to Him eternally by love's strong core Overcoming daily with the Spirit's sword Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God my Savior Standing, standing I'm standing on the promises of God Standing on the promises I cannot fall Listening every moment to the Spirit's call Resting in my Savior as my all in all Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God my Savior Standing, standing I'm standing on the promises of God Oh, one day I was walking in a world of sin No rest for my weary a man who said he'd be my friend and all my burdens he did roam God took those worldly desires gave me heavenly fire now I got a brand new goal and since I met this man called Jesus Christ I've got the joy 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 in my soul well joy in my heart joy in my mind Joy is the happy day. Well, joy in my hands, 
I've got joy in every way. God took those worldly desires, gave me heavenly fire, and now I've got a brand new goal. And since I met this man called Jesus Christ, I've got the joy, joy, joy in my soul. Yes, joy in my heart, joy in my mind, joy since that happy day. Joy in my hands, joy in my feet, I've got joy in every way. God took those worldly desires, gave me heavenly fire, and now I've got a brand new goal. And since I met this man called Jesus Christ, I've got the joy, joy, joy in my soul.
out of tune. Well, I guess you all heard the story. How in the Bible it was told About those three little Hebrew children And those idols that were made of gold And how the evil king he commanded That every knee should bow to bail. He said, do what you must. We're going to put our trust in the God that cannot. He's the God that will not. He's the God that cannot God Jehovah, so greatly to be praised. He's the God that'll take us over every mountain sin has raised. Out of all the gods men worship, there's a difference you can tell. He's the only one that ever gave his son. He's the God that cannot fail. They were bound and yet determined, so in the furnace they were thrown. Well, it wasn't long for the king to find out they weren't walking in the furnace alone. When he went to the edge of the furnace and he looked right over the rail, he saw Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. He saw the God that cannot fail. He's the great God Jehovah, so greatly to be praised. He's the God that'll take us over every mountain sin has raised. Out of all the gods of men worship, there's a difference you can tell. He's the only one that ever gave his son. He's the God that cannot fail. He's the great God Jehovah, so greatly to be praised. He's the God that'll take you over every mountain sin has raised. Out of all the gods of men worship, there's a difference you can tell. He's the only one that ever gave a son. He's the God that cannot fail. You know, truth is I started out with nothing and I've still got most of it the one thing I found is Christ and I didn't start out with him but now that I have him I really have everything and so do you Wondry. Sunday morning Sitting bored as I could be An old gray-haired preacher Started preaching straight at me well, he opened up that old black book and he took his text 
as me. But it opened up my blinded eyes and now I can see. Since I got the victory, brother, I found it out. It's so good on the inside that the outside has to shout. Since I got my one to fix, I'm happy and glad. I got under the spout where the glory comes out. Oh, since I got the victory, brother, I found it out. It's so good on the inside that the outside has to shout. Since I got my one to fix, I'm happy and glad. I got under the spout where the glory comes out. Victory, brother, I found it out. It's so good on the inside that the outside has to shout. Since I got my one to fix, I'm happy. I'm glad I got under the spout where the glory comes out. Oh! 
blood cleansed the stain so deep he from the sin that had me bound oh and I'm looking for that coming day oh when entering I'll hear him say then at his feet is where I can be found. Singing glory to His name. Hallelujah for me He Jesus, yes, bless that wonderful name of Jesus. 
never, never let me down Cause he's my jewel That I, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah I love to praise his name, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah I love to praise his name, well, hallelujah, hallelujah I love to praise his name, well, I love to praise his name He's my will Oh, in the middle of the will I know he'll never He'll never, never, never let me down Cause he's my jewel That I have found Well, hallelujah, hallelujah I love to praise his name Yes, hallelujah, hallelujah I love to praise his name Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah I love to praise his name Kim, you come on up here with her, sing whatever that she wants you to, and uh, come right on up, feel real free. I'd say about uh, 90% in our church tonight believes that's all right for a woman to preach, so you only got a 10% opposite, and I don't know who they are, so you know what? I think I face more than that every time I preach, so. I just have to say that I love the Lord tonight, and uh, he's very precious to me. And you all get to hear Mom preach tonight, but I've heard her preach my whole life. And there were so many times that I didn't want to hear it. 
I didn't want to hear what she had to say, but I'm glad that she kept on and didn't give up on me. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that, some people that are against women preachers, but you know what? It's not if you're man or woman. It's if you live your life right for God and you carry that anointing. And I've lived with this lady for many years, and I can tell you that she lives her life every day for the Lord. And I know that that goes the same with singers, teachers, preachers, anybody. If you get up and you do it to glorify God, then you're doing it for the right purpose. The song I'm going to do tonight is it's my testimony song. It's You Saved Me. And I'm going to sing the song to the Lord tonight. And I just want to glorify him and lift him up. It's not about me at all tonight. It's about the Lord. He's so great. I love him. As I look into the mirror, I know I wouldn't be here if not for you. When I caused you so much pain And you could have turned away Your faith held true When my life had turned to ashes And my dreams went up in smoke You were the constant one My only source of hope You saved me as I stood frozen on the bridges I would burn, you saved me when I was my own worst enemy. And your love is the key set me free, Lord. You. And consider all it cost I stand amazed Then I'm driven to my knees Cause my mind cannot conceive Your endless grace You know the very number Of every hair upon my head You loved me and you chose me Before I
The reason I'm up here is just because of what Brother Carl said. He just blessed me, and you don't hear it said too much. You hear people say, I love Jesus, I love Jesus. But you don't hear too much about people saying, I'm in love with Jesus. And that's why I'm up here tonight is because I am in love with Jesus. And that's the only reason. Uh, it's hard for me to get up and speak in front of people. It's just, you know, when I was, a, uh, when I was in school, a young girl and a teenager, I could always got better grades. You know how they wanted you to give reports and you get up in front of the class, you know, and, and give uh, oral reports. And uh, I guess I didn't get too good of grades because I was scared to death to get up. So I made it as short as I could so I could sit down, you know. But when God comes in, he changes everything with you. And you know, Pastor, it's just like you said, you know, you would never dream, what I've ever dreamed that God would have me speak. No. And you know, I was sitting back there and I was thinking, Lord, 28 years ago when I got saved, if I knew that you would ask me to speak, I don't think I would have went back on the Lord because I fell so in love with him from the very beginning. But I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have been praying a whole lot that God would change his mind and call me to speak. But, and you know, Lou, I wanted to tell you about that code of many colors. And I was thinking about that code of many colors that Lou sung the other day. And I was thinking about through my life, Sue, since I've known the Lord and how I put that coat of many colors on and how it just fits me so good. And you know, I've lost weight. I was small when I got saved, but through the years, I having two kids and then I gained weight and I've lost weight and I've gained weight and I've lost weight. And you know, Lou, I got to thinking, that coat still fits me just fine. It fits me just fine. It never loses its shape, Sue. I'll tell you what, I am so thankful for the Lord that when he clothes you, he clothes you just right. And I just love him tonight, and I praise him. And I want to talk to you tonight a little bit about running the race and, how, and about the Apostle Paul. He is, compared to Jesus, I believe he was one of our greatest examples when it comes to running the race. The Apostle Paul surely ran the race. And you know... He says in, in the word here in 1 Corinthians 10th chapter, the 33rd verse. And I'm reading from the NIV because that's my study Bible. I usually bring the um, King James, but um, in my study Bible is where I have my notes, so I brought that tonight. It says, For I'm not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may know, so that they may be saved. For I'm not seeking my own good but the good of many, so that they may be saved. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And you know, I thought about my, my girls, you know, what, what Kimmy just said, and I sat in there, I was thinking about following the Lord's example and how I love to follow Paul because he followed Jesus with everything that, that was within him. And I was thinking, you know, can, can I say, can I be, really say that I want my girls to follow my example? And you know, I really believe, Sue, that I can. That I want my girls to follow my example because Violet, I follow Jesus as best that I know how. And I love him more tonight, and that's why I'm up here. And, and I've been running the race a long time, and it's a good race. And why people give up in the middle of this race or you get so close to the end and, and you just give up. And what, what could the devil possibly offer you or what could the world possibly offer you for you to give up and lose your own soul and go back to the world. My Bible tells me, taste and see that the Lord is good. 
And I tell you, I haven't tasted anything, Tim, any better than Jesus. You know, he's there when nobody's there. And you know, when you're not living with a Christian husband, it's hard because you want to go home and you want to share Jesus with them so bad. I've got to tell you what the Lord told me. I've got to tell you what God did in church tonight. Guess what happened? Guess what the Lord spoke to me? Guess about this dream that God gave me? Oh, I've got to tell you how the Lord woke me up and had me praying. And, and you can't share that with a sinner. And, and it's heartbreaking. So people don't take it for granted when you've got a, a Christian spouse. Get on your knees every day and thank God for a spouse to share the Lord with because I thought so many years. I know way back at Asbury, um, Sister Ellington had a shower for her son, Stan. So we was over at the shower. You know how you play games at the shower? And uh, so one of the questions to win a prize in this game, this shower, said, what is your advice to a Christian couple? What, would, what advice would you give to a Christian couple? And I thought, you know, and everybody was going around never giving their opinions, you know, what was their advice to them. And, and I said, pray together. Share Jesus together. Pray together. Could there be anything any sweeter than to have Jesus to share with? And, and you know, I won the prize. But I was saying that sincerely from my heart. I don't know what it's like to have somebody to share Jesus with. But I thank God there's really no void in my life because he's gave me friends. My goodness, when I was at Asbury, <laughs> and I was a pretty much a loner in school and that, but when I was at Asbury and first got saved, I just look back on how God gave me friends. And from each church that the Lord led me to, he gave me his friends. And you know what kind of friends he gave me? He gave me the ones that really walked the walk and talked the talk. And you know why he gave me those friends? Because I believe with all my heart, I walked to walk and talked to talk. And he knew I wouldn't be satisfied with anybody that didn't. I wanted somebody just like me. That when we talked, we talked about Jesus. Oh, whatever we did, Jesus was the head of it. And I am just so thankful for that. And I'm thankful I'm still in the race. And I want to talk to you tonight about running the race with the help of God. I'm going to talk to you about the Apostle Paul. I have studied and studied and studied so hard that I don't know where God wants to go to with this message, but I just leave it with him. You know, the Apostle Paul says, I fought a good fight. I finished my race. I kept the faith. And so many today in church, I tell you, you can see they're just backing up and they're not running the race that the Lord requires for us to run. And I think about the Apostle Paul, and I was reading today, and this is just a few things that he went through. He said, I've been in prison. I've been beaten five times from the Jews, 40 lashes minus one. I was beaten three times with rods. I was once stoned. I was three times shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea, been in danger in every way. He listed so many dangers, I didn't list them. <laughs> I labored. I've gone without sleep. I've been hungry, and I've gone without food. I've been thirsty. I've been cold and naked. Besides all this, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. And you know, I think today how the least little thing that some of us go through, we want to give up. We just want to give up the fight. 
But I am so thankful that God has put something in me that I am going to fight till I leave here, people, because there ain't nothing to go back to. And if you don't make up your mind that you're going to fight, then you're not going to win. You have to fight to win. And I am just so thankful for what the Lord has done in my life. I'll tell you, the Apostle Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die would be my gain. But you know what, Pastor, I don't even like to say to die would be my gain because I'm living right now. And for me to live is Christ. And how is Christ living in you? Can we truly say, can everybody in here say, for me to live is Christ? And I'll tell you what, when we do that, when we're saying that, we're saying we're willing to pick up our cross daily and, and follow Jesus. We're willing to deny ourselves of whatever, of, of the flesh, of anything that God wants, I mean that the flesh wants to pick up our cross daily and to follow Jesus. And, and the Apostle Paul says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I press on to know why did the Lord save me. He didn't just save me to save me, just so I could go to heaven. That's not why the Lord saved me. That was the main purpose. He came, he died that I could live, he died that I could go to heaven. But he saved me, not just for myself, but that I could be a soul winner for him. People, we've got to cry out for souls. I've got the biggest scare of my life the other night. Let me tell you, boy, you better be in tune with Jesus when bad news comes because I don't know how in the world people make it if they don't know Jesus. And I was sitting on the couch, and it was getting late, and I got a phone call. It was about 20 to 12. When I answered that phone, the person was crying on the other end. And I thought, oh, my God, something bad's happening. And I realized it was my brother. And he was crying so hard he couldn't talk. Well, I got to thinking it was my brother Bill because I kept hearing Larry, Larry. And I have a brother named Larry. And my brother was crying so hard. And I, I finally said, and I thought it was Bill, and I said, oh, my God, Bill, is Larry dead? And he kept saying Larry, and he was just crying so hard. And what made me think that, why I thought that he might be dead is August the 18th, he was out working underneath the car, and a car fell on him. And it was just by the grace and mercy of God that his life was spared, but he hasn't been the same since. And he got burned. He got burned so bad. It's, it's just it's beyond anything that I've ever seen. And so he was drunk. My brother was drunk. And I thought it was Bill telling me Larry was dead. And I... People, all that went through my mind was, oh, my God, he was not saved. He was not saved. And let me tell you, that will bring you to reality. That will make you fall on your face more than you ever have before and cry out for the loss because that's exactly what the Lord wants us to do. And so he finally got it out. No, it's Larry. It's Larry. And something had happened to him, and that wound had busted open, and it just started squirting blood. And he was just drowned in everything in blood, Pastor. And they lived way, 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 way out. And you know what he said? He said, if I can just get a hold of my baby sister and get her to pray for me. He was scared to death, Shirley. And you know, I am so thankful. You know, do we have that testimony that if something happens, can somebody call you? They say, I know who to call. I know who to call on. I know who can touch heaven. And I am just so thankful that they see Jesus in me. 
I tell you, I love the Lord, and I just praise him more than anything in this world. And he said, if I can just get a hold of my baby sister and get her to pray for me. My mom had 10 kids, and, and I'm the baby. And I am just so, so, so thankful that they can see Jesus in me. Because what are we living for if people can't see Jesus in us? And you know, the other morning I was laying in bed, and I sought God, and I sought God, and I sought God, and I sought God about this mess. And Pastor, I started to call you so many times. I started to call the pastor and tell him and tell him and tell him, I can't preach, I can't preach. Lord, you ain't called me to preach, I can't preach. And I just wasn't getting nothing from the Lord. Because all the other times that the Lord asked me to speak, he'd either give me a dream or he'd speak a scripture to me or something. I didn't know what God wanted. But you know what, Pastor? I love the Lord so much, I couldn't call you. I kept saying, Lord, I love you so much, but I don't want to preach if you don't want me to preach. (laughs) Hey, I don't want that calling on my life, but I want whatever God wants because I love him that much. And I was laying in bed, you know, and the Lord let me know that we're not in this race alone. We're in this, Jesus is in this race with us. We're not alone. And you know, he started to speak to me about a car. And I never thought of running the Christian race compared to a car before. And he started talking to me about a car. And I don't know anything about a car. I know how to put gas in the car, and I know how to turn it on, and I know how to put my foot on the pedal and go. And that's about all I know about a car. Well, I was laying there in bed, and the Lord started speaking to me. You know when you're silent, God can talk to you. You know, we get in such an uproar, and we're not listening. You know the Lord speaks to those that are listening. We hear him if we've got listening ears. And I'm laying there in the bed, and the Lord starts speaking to me about a car. And he says, you know, this Christian race is compared to a car. And he says, think of the gear shifts, the different gears that are in the car. There's drive, there's reverse, there's neutral, and there's park. And there's, you know, low drive, drive one or whatever. But God used those four illustrations. So I said, okay, God, I want to ask you tonight, In this race, where are you at? Are you in drive, full speed ahead? Are you in park? You ain't going nowhere. You're just in park. Are you in neutral? I had Kim put her car in neutral today. And you know, when we were on a hill, it went. Just, you know, slowed on down the hill. But when we were just like on on ground, it wouldn't go. It wouldn't go. Even if she put her put on the gas, the car wouldn't go. And you know, the Lord was showing me, there's some of us that's in park. We've been running this race, and we've just come to a park. There's some of us that's in park. There's some of us that's in neutral. And there's some of us that's in reverse. And you know, the Bible says, you were running so good. Who cut in on you? Who hindered you from running the race? Who or what got in your way? Who got your eyes off of Jesus? Who took your eyes off of Jesus? What are you looking at? What you, when you took your eyes off of Jesus, what are you looking at? You know, I think of Job when he said, I made a covenant with my eyes that I will not look lustfully upon a girl. You know, we need to make a covenant with our eyes that we'll be careful what we look at finally. What are you looking at? You know, I, I'm in this race to win. I didn't start out 28 years ago to give up now because you know what? There ain't nothing to go back to. And you know what? If you're in park tonight, God wants you to get out of the park. 
If you're in neutral, he wants you to get out of neutral. If you're in reverse, he wants you to get it back into drive and go full speed ahead. Put your foot to the pedal and the pedal to the metal and go full speed ahead. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I just praise him tonight and I love him. Praise God. You know, James 4, 7, and 8 says, Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. What does it mean to submit? You know, so many times I hear people just throwing out a scripture. You know, the Bible says, well, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. No, he won't. No, he won't. Not if you haven't submitted to God first. Because the Bible says, submit yourself to God. What does it mean to submit to God? It means to surrender. Surrender to God. Yield everything to him. Not just today and not yesterday, but tomorrow also. Then, when we submit ourselves to God, we can resist that devil and he will flee from us. And then we can draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to us. And you know why the Lord says, submit yourself? To him first, because if you don't submit yourself to God, how do you submit to God? Prayer. Prayer. Do you know there's nothing that can be done for the Lord without prayer? There is nothing. Everything has to be birthed in prayer. You know, we got a lazy bunch today, Pastor. <laughs> People don't want to pray. And you'll use this excuse, well, I work. Well, I got to get up early. And you know what? I know it's hard, and I'm not speaking lightly of that. And I'm not putting you down for that because I know it. when I worked, I had to be at work at 5 o'clock in the morning and pr production running. But you know what? I get up at 3 o'clock. There's sometimes I wouldn't go to bed to 12, but I'd get up at 3. And if I didn't make it at 3, I'd pray all the way to work. And then if I didn't feel like I'd, I'd prayed enough or whatever, I'd go out at lunchtime. You know there's one, more than one way to skin that old devil? You know, he is a defeated foe then there's more, one, more than one way than to skin him. So when we stand before the Lord, we're not going to have an excuse, well, Lord, I had to work. I didn't have time to pray. You know, God wouldn't ask us to do anything that he wouldn't help us to do. He helps us to do every single thing. He equips us. He, he, you know what? He'll make your, your rest even more sweeter. He'll fill your body with strength if you put him first. If you get up just a half hour earlier and pray, God will bless you for that, and you will find out the difference in your day. And you know, that's what I'm saying. You cannot resist the devil. You cannot resist him if you're walking in the flesh. And you're walking in the flesh, I can guarantee it because I know I've been there. You're walking in the flesh if you're not praying. You've got to have that prayer life, people. There is no other way. So in order to submit to God, you've got to pray. You've got to pray and kill that. You know God wants to kill our flesh? He wants to kill us so that he can raise us up and use us, and we won't let him. We won't let him. No, we're going to have it our way. I'm going to sleep in. I'm going to eat. I'm not going to push myself away from the table. I'm not going to fast. We will not deny our flesh. We will not let the Lord kill us the way that he wants to so that he can raise us up for his glory. You know, we're no good to God if we're not praying. We are absolutely no good to the Lord if we don't have a prayer life. We're no example to follow. You know, when, I, when the kids was at home, you know, and I didn't know it. I didn't know it. I don't, you don't do things to be seen. 
And I didn't know it, but Kim would say, Mom, she told me years later, I used to sit out in the hallway. Sit out in the hallway and listen to you pray. I didn't know she was out there. And Laura, my other daughter, she'd say, Mom, let's just go in the bedroom and I'll lay down and you pray. I want to hear you pray, Mom. That's the kind of example I want to leave. What are you leaving for your children? What do they see in you? Do they see just Mom praying? Or do they see Mom and Dad both praying? Or do they see just Dad praying? What do they see out of your life? I'll tell you what, I want to leave an example. And when my brother called me the other night and said, if I can just get to my baby sister, because he knew, he knew that I know the one that I serve, and I truly serve him with everything that's within me. And you know what? Could people call you? Will your brother or will your sister or will your loved one or whatever call you if they get in trouble because they know you got pulled with God? They know that you can touch heaven for them? And I'm not saying this, it's nothing within me, but it's because of the Lord that's in me. It's, it's greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengtheneth me. And I just praise him today and I love him. And you know what? The Lord, you know what? I see so much going on in the church today. And I know I'm going to get in over my head right now, Pastor. <laughs> but I'm going to say it. <laughs> And young people, I want you to pay attention to it. I can't believe what I see coming into church today. I can't believe it. You know, the Bible requires us to live a holy life. We're to live a holy, sanctified life. A life set apart from sin and set apart to bring God glory and to do his work. That's what holiness is, set apart from sin. Sanctified, holy, filled with the Holy Ghost and do a work with God. You know what we see going on in the church today? I can't believe it. I can't believe what's coming in the church today. You got a slit up here and you got a slit up here. You've got your belly hanging out here and you got your top up here. And you're always going like this. Or like that. And you know what? God doesn't want that. That is not pleasing to the Lord. You got to, you know what? And, and you said, well, maybe I don't have anything. I don't have anything better to wear. Well, you know what? I understand that. I know when I first got saved, I didn't have nothing to wear. So they used to have where you could put clothes and lay away. So I remember, and I'll never forget it. I remember when I got saved at Asbury, well, I didn't have nothing to wear. And I didn't want to go to church with my street clothes. So they had a layaway, and I went up and I put me a dress and layaway. And I'd pay a little bit on it here and there, you know, once a week, every two weeks you could pay on it. And I was on the way up one day to get that dress out of the layaway when I got enough money. And I heard, I kept hearing this first time I ever really remember hearing the Lord's voice. And at that time, I was so young in the Lord, I didn't know it was the Lord's voice. I didn't know one voice was the Lord's voice and the other voice was the Satan's voice. I did not know. The only thing I knew that something was happening. And I was on my way up to get that little dress out of the layaway and I'll never forget what it looked like so I could wear it to church because I was a brand new creature now. <laughs> oh, behold, all things have passed away, and all things have become new. What's become new with you? What has passed away with you, and what has become new? Are you going to the same places? Are you wearing the same bad clothes? What's changed in your life? You know, if we're wearing those slits, and I've seen it, 
I get so offended. Sometimes I feel like walking out, but that wouldn't do no good. But let me tell you, if you don't, you say you don't have money to buy clothes or whatever, and that might be the case. I know you can buy a needle and a thread. I know you can buy a needle and a thread. I just take that needle and thread and sew that little slit up, you know, until it comes down to your knees or whatever. God requires us to be holy. We've got to live a holy life. We've got men going around with earrings in this ear and earrings, people going around with earrings in their nose and that. What kind of example is that? Every time, I, and I might offend somebody right now, but every time I see a man with an earring in his ear, I can't get over it. Uh, why in the world do men want to wear earrings in their ear for? That don't make you manly, you know? <laughs> and it sure don't, you sure don't look holy. And you see people on Christian TV and now... It's not one earring, it's two. You got two earrings now. Men going around with two earrings in their ear. And now they're not little ones no more. They're getting bigger. <laughs> what kind of example is that for the Lord? You know? So, but God is requiring holiness out of us. He says, be ye holy, for I am holy. Amen. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know what, people? You know, Marshall, when you preached a while back, and you preached on the judgment seat of Christ, and you preached at the great white throne judgment. And at that time that you preached that, Marshall, I was just reading, studying, and listening to a tape on the judgment seat of Christ. People, we need to get a reality about the judgment seat of Christ. It's not going to be what you think it's going to be. If you're living an unholy life down here, if you're living half-hearted, if you're living in disobedience to the Lord, the Bible talks about it you know, as one escaping the flames, barely making it by the skin of our teeth. But when you stand at that judgment seat of Christ, are you going to stand there unashamed? Because when you look into those fiery eyes, and the Bible talks about his eyes being fiery eyes, and you look into those fiery eyes, are you going to be able to look into those eyes and hear him say, well done, that good and faithful servant. Yes, Lord, I stood for you. I did all that you asked me to do. I didn't back up. I ran the race, and I ran to win. Or are you going to stand there ashamed because the example that you set before the Lord, that you disobeyed him, that you didn't walk close to him, that you didn't pray and cry out to him, that you didn't pray for souls, you know, I was thinking, I heard somebody say once, I want my sins going before me and not behind me. And I thought, you know, I never thought of it that way. But that is so true. I want all my sins, Brother Bobby, going up before me. I don't want to be dragging them up behind me. Oh, hallelujah. I'll tell you what, when we stand at that judgment seat of Christ, everything is going to flash before our eyes. I want to hear the Lord say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I want to hear him say, I challenge you today to study on the judgment seat of Christ and see what it's all about. It will shake you up. It will make you tremble. And it will make you get holy. And it will make you obey the Lord. It will make you want to come to church. It will make you want to pray and cry out for lost souls to see them saved. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And you know, on this, on this road of race, the race that we're running, there's a lot of obstacles. There's a lot of things that's going to come against us that get us to quit, to stop in the middle of the race, to get in reverse, 
and back up. But you know what? You cannot go forward looking in a rearview mirror. You will crash every time. We've got to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Praise the Lord. And you know, I've been reading about, in Philippians 2, verses 14 and 15, it says, Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God, without fault in a crooked and depraved generation, in which you shine like stars in the universe. Do you realize that when we complain, it brings the wrath of God? It brings the wrath of God. Read it. It's all through the Bible. Complaining and murmuring brings the wrath of God. And you know, I was reading about the, the 12 spies that Moses sent out. Ten came back with a bad report, but two had a good report. Joshua and Caleb had a good report. And you know, they, were, they spied out the land for 40 days. You know, I don't know why I've been saved all this time, read the Bible all the way through, but I guess I just never caught that before. And you know, I've wondered, why 40 years in the wilderness? Why did they have to be 40 years in the wilderness? Well, the Lord said, because you spied out the land for 40 days, so you will suffer one year to each day that you spied out the land, which equals 40 years. And that's why they had to be in the wilderness 40 years. God says, since you complained, since you spied out the land for 40 days, for each day, I will put a year to that day, and you will be in the wilderness for 40 years. And those ones that brought back the bad report and spread it among the whole community, <laughs> read what happened to them. They died right in front of the Lord. God struck them dead with a plague. They died. And the others, see, it affected everything we do in our life affects those around us. Every single thing that we do, if it's good or if it's bad, whatever we do in our life, it affects those that we love, those that are around us, um, those that are close to us, whatever, it affects them. And you know the ten spies brought back an evil report, and you know it spread throughout the camp, and all the people started murmuring and complaining. Well, you know what? God said because of this, Everyone that's 20 years old and above, you'll never see that promised land. You'll never enter in. And they died in the wilderness because of murmuring and complaining. God wants us to set a guard, a watch before our mouth, that we do not murmur or complain about anyone. You know, the Bible says, give thanks in all things. Give thanks in all things. But I'll tell you what, that flesh, it doesn't want to die. We want to murmur and complain and cry pity party. And it is poor me, poor me, poor me. And that's not pleasing to the Lord at all. The Bible says, and all that you do, do it as doing it unto the Lord. And that we, everything that we do, we are to do it to please him, not ourselves. People, we're not in this race to please us. We're in this race to please God and to get the job done. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, I think about Caleb. Caleb. The Lord said to Caleb, but because Caleb has a different spirit of following me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Because Caleb had a different spirit. 
And God says, Caleb followed me wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. His whole heart was devoted to the Lord. He had a different spirit. Praise God. So he, so he got to inherit the land and his descendants. You see what the Lord said there, and his descendants? And now the words, Pastor, I got the promise from Almighty God if I live for him, and my heart is wholly devoted to him, and I pray and I seek his face, and I don't live up, live, let up, and I'm not lukewarm. I've got God's promise. He's promised me that mine and my household shall be saved. Just like he told Caleb, because your heart is wholly devoted to me, you will enter in, and so will your descendants. Is your heart wholly devoted to the Lord tonight? You remember last time I preached, I, I gave you different examples in the Bible about the men, uh, Samson, Solomon, Hezekiah, about their hearts and where they stood with the Lord, and how the Bible talks about Hezekiah's heart how he loved the Lord and how he's devoted to the Lord. So when it came down time to die, how God added 15 years to his life because he turned his face to the wall and he cried out to God. And he said, ask God to have mercy. Add years to his life. And so the Lord sent Isaiah back to tell him, I've added 15 years to your life because of his heart. He had a heart devoted to the Lord. Praise God. You know, in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, the Bible says, Examine yourselves to see if you be in the faith. Examine yourselves to see if you be in the faith. Lamentations 3, 40 says, Let us examine our ways and test them, and let us return to the Lord. Hallelujah. Psalm 17, 3 says, Though you prove me, my heart, though you prove my heart and examine me at night, Though you test me, you will find nothing. What a testimony. You know, I think, God, can I really say that? If you really test me and examine me, can I really say, God, you're not going to find anything wrong in me? You're not going to find any rebellion? You're not going to find any disobedience? You're not going to find any sin? You're not going to find any lukewarmness? You're not going to find any gossip? You're not going to find any complaining? Can I really say that if God probes me and tests me and examines my heart, that he's not going to find none of that stuff? We need to, the Bible says, for us to examine our own hearts and see. And if we examine our own self, heart, if we judge our own selves, we won't be judged. Praise God. Hallelujah. In Daniel 5, 27, it says, Thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting. You know, you know what that means? It means you've been weighed on heaven's scales and you're coming up short. People, I don't want to be on, weighed on heaven's scales and come up short. Hallelujah. If there's any sin in your life, any disobedience, any rebellion, are you in reverse? Are you backing up? If you're being weighed on heaven's scales right now and you've got sin in your life, You've got lukewarmness in your life. You've got disobedience in your life. You've got rebellion in your life. You've got gossip in your life. You're going to, if God's weighing you on those scales right now, you're going to come up short. I don't want to come up short. I want to be weighed on heaven's scales and just found just right with God. Nothing between my soul and my Savior. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. 
Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, God promises to do three things if you'll do four. If you'll do four. He says, if you'll humble yourselves. There's so much pride in the church today. There's so much pride. You can't get them, get a, well, I'll start to say man, but some women too. You can't get people to move out of their seat. Dance before the Lord. David danced before the Lord with all of his heart, with all of his might. He humbled himself before the Lord. And the Bible talks about David having a heart wholly devoted to the Lord. And in one area, I studied out on that. It talks about not that David was such a perfect man that he had his heart wholly devoted to the Lord. It wasn't that he was such a perfect man. It was because of his worship. He had no pride. He worshiped God with everything that was in him. Today, who do you see dancing in the church? Who do you see really standing up and praising the Lord? We sit there like, like we're dead or something. Little Diane, when she gets up, you can see the glory of the Lord all over her. People, we ought to be able to do that. We ought to just be able to let go and let God. Just let go and let God have his way. You know, Jesus went to the cross, you know, and it wasn't easy for him to do. But he went to the cross. And you know, he cried out in the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, let this cup pass from me, if it be your will. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. You know, God wants us to, to totally surrender our life, our heart, and our will to him. You know, I want to be able to say whatever God asks me to do. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done, God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, just like Jesus. We're supposed to follow the Lord's example. Paul said, follow my example because I'm following him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So God says, if you'll humble yourselves, if you'll pray, if you'll seek my face, and if you'll turn from your wicked ways. Well, right there, God knew he was going to have a stubborn people. He knew right there. So there's people that's not humble, you're not praying, you're not seeking God, and you're not turning from your wicked ways. But God says, if you humble yourselves, if you pray, if you seek my face, if you turn from your wicked ways, then, then, will I hear from heaven, will I forgive their sin, will I heal their land. Hallelujah. God wants us to humble, pray, seek him, and turn from our wicked ways. You know what, people? We give too, we give too much attention to the devil. We give him too much attention. You know, I'll never forget one time. I just want to tell you a little bit about the devil. The Bible says not to be ignorant of Satan's schemes, of his devices. And you know, um, and if you're not praying, you're going to be ignorant of his schemes and his devices. You're not going to be able to resist him. You're not going to walk that holy walk if you're not praying. But you know what? One time I was standing at the kitchen window. It's funny how the devil... He's a defeated foe. He doesn't have any power over you if you've got power with God. You see so many people having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Where's the power in the church? Where's the fire? You know, John says, I baptize you with water, but there's one that's coming that will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. We don't see the fire in the church no more. Hallelujah. I, and you know what, Pastor? I ain't had that fire for a long time, but I can remember. I remember when I had that fire. When, we, when I was at Bethel, we was there, what, Cardi, eight, 
nine years? I forget. You know, I'm one that I won't move out unless I know the Lord wants me to pray for somebody too because I just, I, it just takes the compassion of God in my heart. Like when I come up and prayed for you the other morning. I'll tell you what, we need the compassion of God in our hearts. And people, I can remember, and I'm praying for that fire again. <laughs> Woo, that fire that there's nothing like the fire of the Holy Ghost. And I can remember when I go up to pray for people. Oh, the Lord would use me to bring a message or to minister to somebody. How the fire of the Holy Ghost would burn within me. People, we've got to get hungry for God. We have got to get hungry for God. We've got to be hungry for holiness. We've got to let go of the world and embrace the cross. Hallelujah. We've got to sit at the foot of the cross and learn of Jesus. You know what? We need a bloodbath. We need another trip back to the cross and let the Lord Jesus wash us all over again with his blood because there's too much lukewarmness in the church. There's too much sin in the church. There's too much rebellion and gossip and complaining and backing up from, the, from what God wants you to do. We need the fire of the Holy Ghost to burn within us again. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And let me tell you, when you're living that walk and close to the Lord, who does that make the devil mad? Boy, that burns him up. Because you know what? He's afraid of a praying Christian. It scares him to death. You think you're a threat to the devil if you're not praying? He just laughs at you. What can you do to him? What, are you, what damage are you doing to Satan's kingdom? What damage? If you're not praying and seeking God and walking in the spirit and denying this flesh, then you're not no threat to the devil and you're not doing anything for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But I'll tell you what, when you're living close to the Lord, crying out to him, and then I don't mean loving Jesus, I mean being in love with Jesus. Fall in love. Jesus wants the church to fall in love with him again. He wants holiness in the church. He wants to change our dress. I can't believe what's going on in the church. And men coming in and taking an offering up with shorts on. You know, people, we need to respect the house of God. We need to respect the house of God. Praise God. But anyway, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful, you know, that the Lord, you know, that he's let me know you got to pray. And you know what? It's not a struggle. It's not a pain. It's a joy. It's an awesome thing to pray and to get into the presence of Almighty God because in His presence... You know why you don't have no joy? You're not in His presence. In His presence, there's fullness of joy. And at His right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. And you know what? I don't care what the Lord would say to some of them. Pastor, they ain't ever going to pray. They just ain't. That's just the way it is. Because they like feeding the flesh. They want what, you know, satisfies the flesh. And just sit around and be a couch potato. Sit down on the couch. Take, here we go with the remote, you know. Be a, be a couch potato. There's a price to pay for the anointing. You know, it wasn't easy for Jesus to go to the cross. And it's not going to be easy, Sue, for everything that he asks us to do. It's not going to be easy. I don't want to preach. I don't want to. In my flesh I don't, but my heart cries out to God, God, not my will, but your will be done. If I can get one of you, just one of you, to just get off the bench, to quit being lukewarm and get on fire for God again. Because you know what? One person, one person can make the difference. 
can make the difference in everything. And obedience. You know, I'll never forget one time I heard this testimony. Remind me to get back what the Lord showed me out my kitchen window. But I heard this testimony. Think about Billy Graham. Think about him, Violet, the souls. The souls that he's won. Don't you know he's paid an awesome price? Oh, but it's worth it. It's worth it. People of God would just open up hell and let us see in. Let us hear the cries. Let us hear the cries of those that have already gone there. I tell you, we'd fall on our faces for our loved ones. Hallelujah. I thank him. I thank him that I can touch heaven. I thank him that I can fall on my face, Brother Marshall, and cry out. And that's why my children are here today, Violet. Because Satan, if I could tell you story after story after story how the devil was trying to take them out. And you know what? You've got to have a listening ear, and you've got to know right in here at town when the Holy Spirit is rising up within you. You know, you know. He says, out of your belly. Out of your belly. <laughs> hallelujah. And you know, whoo, hallelujah, when the Holy Spirit's rising up. And you know what? I felt that time and time again. I've had him wake me up at night and get up and pray. I heard her when she was out in sin. I heard her calling for me, Sue. I was wide awake. Three o'clock in the morning, she was, she was out in sin. I heard her hollering, Mom, Mom. Oh, hallelujah. I thank God he allows that to happen. Because people, if he didn't, and we're not praying, Satan, to take them out. You know why? Because you know what? If you're not praying, you're just saying, Here, devil. Here, devil. Here, devil. Here I am. Because you're leaving that door open for him to get in. The Bible says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Watch and pray. And when you're not praying, watching for yourself, keeping yourself right with God, and, we're not, and we need to be watching and praying for our children, and if we're not, we're saying, there they are, devil, take them. Just there they are, take them. That's what we're saying. It's our responsibility to stand in the gap for our children, for lost souls, for loved ones. It's our responsibility to pray and to seek God for them and to cry out for them. Deny this flesh and pay the price to see others saved. If we were paying the price and if we were truly on fire for God, truly, think about it, this church pastor would be packed out. It would be packed out because we wouldn't care what anybody thought about us. We'd be out on the street corners. We'd be out going from door to door or wherever, trying to get souls saved, inviting them to come to church. But we're not paying the price. We're not paying the price to have that anointing. We're not paying that price that, Je that people can see Jesus on us and say, hey, that person's got something different. Man, does she look different? What's she got? The light's just shining all over her. What's she got? I think I'm going to talk to her. You know, that's the way we should live, where people can see Jesus in us, where they can see him in us, and that, and that they will get hungry, you know, for Jesus. You know, people are hungry for something. That's why they're involved in all kinds of things. The psychics, you know, drugs, witchcraft. People are hungry. They're just going after their own things. They're blinded. Satan has them blinded. And we need to pray that the blinders be removed from their eyes. We need to stand in the gap. You know, Isaiah said, you know, the Lord was looking for somebody to go. And Isaiah says, here am I, here I am, my Lord, send me. But God had to clean him up first. He had to put the coals on his lips from the altar and clean him up. God needs to, has got to clean some of us up 
first before he can send us out. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. But you know what? The devil, I ain't here to get that old cuss no glory. He don't get no glory from me. All he gets is under my feet. That's the only place he's got on me is under my feet. And that's it. You know, I've been fighting this fight with pain in my body. Whew. I've been suffering. Every day, I get the healing scriptures. Now, I was trying to get this lesson together, and I'll tell you, the pain just kept coming, and it kept coming, it kept coming. And you know what? I grabbed the healing scriptures, and I start quoting the word, because God's word don't return to him void. Oh, it will accomplish what he sends it out to do. Hallelujah. God will respond to his word. Hallelujah. Some of us don't know enough of the word to even be a threat to the devil. Jesus defeated the devil with the word of God. Hallelujah. When Satan comes after you, what are you going to say to him? Woo! Crawl in a hole somewhere behind a bush? Some of us have got no, no more power than that, Violet. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But anyway, I stand at my kitchen window. I was looking out, and I don't have visions. Uh, you know, I guess that's the only vision I ever had, Pastor. I know some people have visions all the time. I'd like to, but I don't. But God knows what he's doing. And here's this cat. And he's just beautiful. And he's just, and at that time, first I didn't realize it was a vision. And he's beautiful, and he's just walking real slow. I mean in slow motion, just like this. I couldn't, but the cat's just going, slow motion. All of a sudden, this mockingbird comes down, hits this cat in his right side. I mean, he plunges that cat. That cat didn't pay no mind to that mockingbird. He's just going like this, keeping his face set, just like that. Like God wants us to do, to set our face like flint, fixing our eyes on Jesus, setting our hearts and our mind on things above and not on this earth. Hallelujah. So anyway, surprised me. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And that cat comes down, and he plunges. I mean, that bird comes down, that mockingbird. And he plunges that cat in his right side. That cat just keeps on moving. Second time, the bird goes up, takes him a, gives him a charge, and he comes down again, and he plunges that cat in his right side again. Cat never paid him no mind. He didn't like he didn't even know it was happening. Well, third time, cat goes up. I mean, the bird goes up, comes down, and plunges that cat again in his right side cat just kept on going, kept on going. So the bird thought, well, I'll take a different approach. So he goes up, and he comes down, and he attacks that cat in his left side. Three times on the right, once on the left. That cat just keeps going. He's just going. And I thought then, Lord, I know you're saying something to me. That just can't be in the natural. I know you're saying something to me. You know what he said, Pastor? Jeannie, you're giving too much attention to the devil. He said, just like that cat, that bird wasn't hurting that cat, and just like that cat paid no mind to the devil, and he just kept going and going and going. People, he had his face set. He knew where he was going. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And we give too much attention to the devil. We stand up and say, the devil's doing this and the devil's doing that. <laughs> he ain't if you don't let him. 
You're giving him the power to do it because you're not, you don't have an ounce of power in your baby finger to make him flee because you're not spending time with God. You're not crying out. You're not fasting. You're not seeking the Lord. People, I know this is a hard message, and I'm bringing it to you in love because God wants the church to wake up. He, you know, the Bible says that he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. There's so much spot and wrinkle in the church today. And you know what? This church is great compared. I mean, I love this church, and I love you people. But I have been, whew, there's so much spot and wrinkle in the church today. And God has got to get that ironed out with us. You know, you know people saying the Lord's coming back anytime. No, he ain't. Because we ain't ready. We've got to get ready for the Lord. You know, he's, the Bible says he's coming back for them that are looking for him. That love his appearing. Are you looking for him? Are you looking for him? And you know what? It's not going to be an easy road because the closer, Brother Tim, we get to Jesus, the more the devil hates it and the more he's going to fight and the more he's going to come after you because that's his job, and he does it well. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. <laughs> he's not lazy. He knows how to do his job, and he does it well. Praise God. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Give no, the Bible says to give no place to the devil. And you know what? He'll come in any way you let him in. And I was sitting at the table the other morning, and I was reading, like I usually do, and the phone starts ringing. I thought it was my youngest daughter because she was supposed to call me. I was supposed to do something for her that day. I picked up the phone, Pastor. There's a voice on the other end carrying on. Oh, I listened to it for about as long as I could listen to it. I took from that person for 32 years. And I thought, you know what? I've had enough of this devil. And I ain't giving no place to him. And he's not getting me upset. And he's not taking my joy, Sue. So you know what I did? I gave no place to him. I went, boom. And I hung up the phone on him. We have got to hang up the phone on the devil. You know what I found out in my Christian walk, Brother Carl? The devil does a whole lot of talking if we do a whole lot of listening. And you know what? We, know, we need to turn a deaf ear to Satan. And we need to have a listening ear for God's voice. And you know what? I heard somebody say one time, they went to a Christian uh, uh, seminar. They went to, it was for preachers. And this guy thought he was going to go and he was going to learn how to build his church. He's going to get him a good message. And he's going to go back, and he's going to take that message now, and he's going to build his church, Brother Tim, because he's going to this seminar, and I think it's Paul Young E. Cho or whatever's got the biggest church there is. So he's, going to, he's coming to get this message, and he's going, to, uh, he's going to find out all that he can find out. And he's going to go back, and he's going to build him a big church. Sat there, pastor, I think, for three hours. And what did this man hear? I pray... And I obey. I pray and I obey. I pray and I obey. We need to pray. We need to listen because God will speak to us when we're in prayer. Prayer is a two-way street. You talk to him, he talks to you. And the only thing that guy got out of that sermon, about three hours long, I pray and I obey. He's got the largest church in the world. 
I pray and I obey. I pray and I obey. And that's what God's calling the church to. He's calling you to repentance. He's calling you to humble yourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from your wicked ways. That's what God's calling the church to, Brother Carl. I woke up one morning and that scripture was going over and over and over. If my people will humble themselves, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Will I forgive their sins? Will I heal their land? Praise God, hallelujah. And you know what? The devil is not going to be easy. It's not easy, Sue, to walk that close walk with God. It's not easy, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It will be worth it all when I see Jesus. Brother Marshall, no matter, no matter what I've went through down here, just one glimpse of his dear face, just one glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. Hallelujah. Betty, it's going to be worth it all when we see Jesus. Hallelujah. But you know what? Apostle Paul said, I fought a good fight, I kept the faith. I ran the race, I kept the faith. Hallelujah. And you know what? The devil will fight you. And every I could tell you story after story after story, and you probably could me too, how the devil's come against you when you start trying to do something for the Lord. I remember pastor all the way back at Asbury when I started teaching. Thought I was doing right. I know I was doing right. I know I stand innocent before God this day. Did nothing but teach his word. But the devil didn't like it. And you know why he didn't like it? Because I taught against smoking, Brother Carl. I was teaching teenagers. And I was trying to tell them how to take care of their bodies. How to be pleasing to the Lord. How to not pick up them cigarettes and start smoking. That we shouldn't do anything that we don't think our Lord would do. And when we see Jesus, I know I'm touching toes now. But when we see Jesus walking down the street, Pastor? No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't. So we shouldn't do it either. Anything, Brother Tim, that our Lord wouldn't do, we shouldn't do it either. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And you know what, people? I know, you know, I've thought different times. I want to go to the altar and I want to pray for people when they're up there. But there's so many times I can't get my feet to move. I can't get them to move. So I started praying, Lord, consume my heart with your compassion. I don't want to go up there and pray in my flesh. Flesh don't get the job done, surely. If you're not praying and seeking the Lord, and then you come up here and pray for somebody, you don't have an ounce of power. You're not touching heaven for them. If you don't have that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ yourself, and then you come up here and just gather around, everybody's praying, you can't touch heaven. You can't move the heart of God or move God's hand if you don't have a relationship with him. Only time you pray is to come up here and to pray for somebody. That's not going to get the job done. I'll tell you what, when I'm in trouble... I know who to call. When I'm sick or something's going on, let me tell you I know who to call. First of all, I call on Jesus. He's the first one. Second, I know them that the Lord has given me. The Bible says, know we are to know them that labor among us. And I know them that the Lord has given me. And I tell you, I know them that pray. They're not only Martha's, but they're Mary's. And they sit at Jesus' feet. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I know who to call when Satan gets after me. You know what? He wants us. I had a friend that wouldn't share anything with anybody. She'd go through something. 
You know why? Because the, the Bible says one will put a thousand in flight, but two will put ten thousand. There's power in numbers. We need one another, Sue. We need one another. And we need that close relationship and that close walk with God so that we can touch the heart of God and the throne of God. We can go boldly into the throne of grace to find grace to help in the time of need. Hallelujah. So anyway, I started praying, God, put that compassion in my heart. Because you know what, Pastor, if you notice, I don't come up here and pray. I have to be moved by God. I don't like for people to say, come up here and pray for so-and-so. Like I, I like to be moved by the Spirit of God. Because you know what? When the Spirit moves me, I know the Spirit's going to do something. Praise God. So I came up one morning at a church I was in. And I guess that's why I can't hardly move today. So I went up and I was praying for somebody. And the person I was praying with was my niece. She had called me the night before. She was in an awful mess. So I knew what she was going through. So she came to church the next morning. Brother Carl, I went up to pray for her. And this woman in the church, she come up there and she said, what are you doing up here? Don't you know you don't come up here and pray unless you take a class first? Immediately I thought, what about the Holy Ghost in me? Don't he know how to pray? Does he have to take a class? <laughs> Holy Ghost knows how to pray if you got him. Out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. We can be led by the Spirit. If you got the Holy Ghost, He knows how to pray. So immediately, she said, you know, she yelled at me. It wasn't in a nice way, Sue. She yelled. Everybody around. She yelled at me. I was crushed. I was shocked. I was literally shocked. I couldn't believe it. Merely I thought, though, what about the Holy Ghost in me? Don't He know how to pray? I'm thankful I got the Holy Ghost in me and he knows how to pray. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So that's today. I don't know, Pastor, if that's why today, you know, sometimes I just can't, you know, move. I want to go, but sometimes I just can't move. People, we need to be careful what we say to one another. We can do much damage. I can remember so many times I tried to teach Sue. I went back to teach again. Same thing happened all over again. Went to pray for somebody, that happens. Went to minister to somebody, it happens. But you know what? Tim, I love the Lord so much, I can't give up. Every time I start doing something for the Lord, here comes that devil. But you know what? He's a defeated foe. Because I love God so much, I can't be still soon. I've got to get up whatever he says to do and do it. Because I love him. Because there is a price to pay. There's a price to pay. Sometimes the will of the Lord hurts. It's not always easy. It hurts. But it hurt Jesus to go to the cross. And we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. We need to make up our minds that we're going to pray and seek him and walk with him and we're going to be effective for the kingdom of God. We're going to run that race. We're going to put our car in drive and we're going to put our foot on the pedal and the pedal to the metal and we're going to go full speed ahead. That's exactly what God wants. He doesn't want you in park. He doesn't want you in reverse. He doesn't want you in neutral. He wants you in drive. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we need to start praying and seeking God for us to get in drive, to run the race like the Apostle Paul ran the race. Read about his life, how he suffered on all that he went through. He paid the price. 
He paid the price. God, God's not asking any less of us. He is not asking any less of us. So I challenge you today, I challenge you to get that walk in that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray and seek his face. Turn, run from your sin. Turn from your wicked ways so that God can do the work in your life that he's wanting to do. And church, if we will do that, you will begin to see this church completely packed out. One person cannot carry the load. The pastor cannot carry the load. It takes us all as a group. We're all a body. We all fit together to do the work that God's called us to do. And we all got our own place to do it. Whatever God's calling you to do, do it. Praise God. And don't back up on him. Praise the Lord. You have a need tonight while he's saying something here. Verse and chorus. Jesus, keep me near the cross. want to pray, come right on up. You want to come up and pray with these? Come right on up. If you have to go, I know it's getting a little late. If you have to go, feel free to go right out the door. But if you want to pray, we need you up here if you want to pray. God bless you.